Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and today uh, we've got another top list for you. We're doing a top 10, we're diving into the world of G.I. Joe. But before we get into that, I gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media. Find us on social media, Facebook, look up Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, both at Geek World Order. And of course, we're on all the major podcast providers. Please subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave that five-star rating and review. All right, so today we're looking at my top 10 G.I. Joe characters from 1985. And 1985 has some great great characters that debut into the franchise a lot of these characters make just have absolute presence on the show you know stuck you know they're in gi joe lore mythology and very very frequently used a lot of these characters now so when i kind of went into research this there are so action figure wise, once you include all of the drivers and the vehicles, there are a total of 17 from uh, of just G.I. Joe, not including Cobra, that were released in the year of 1985. So I'm not going to count the ones that are version 2s. Uh, Snake Eyes version 2, which is probably one of the most popular figures in the series. Um... I will include Snake Eyes when I rank the 82 line because he was one of the originals and so wasn't Tripwire. Uh, the version 2 of Tripwire was released was that funky fun school one with the it came with the audio tape in the orange and red deco. So those guys, they're not even counting. Now we could have an honorable mention list of uh, kind of 11 through 15. Because unfortunately, some of these vehicle drivers had barely any screen time on this series. Um, Crankcase, the Awestriker driver. I think he literally has a blink and you'll miss it appearance in G.I. Joe the movie. That's it. Like, he's in the Awestriker that gets attacked by Cobra Law. Um, he's driving it. Covergirl's in the chair next to him. And they're taken out, like, in three seconds by one of those Cobra Law airships. Frostbite, the snowcat driver. I think he actually had a handful of appearances, but I barely remember him. And I also remember him having a battle core figure, which I actually own still. Although it's weird because Frostbite has like black hair, but his battle core figure has red hair. So the battle core figure almost looks like it's snow job, like a new version of snow job instead. You also have Heavy Metal, uh, one of the tank drivers, I believe, who literally appeared in one episode. That was it. Uh, Tollbooth, the bridge layer driver. He was slightly luckier. I think he had two episode appearances. 
and I think he delivered exactly one line of dialogue in each episode. And then you have Keel Hall, who came with the flag, the USS flag. So he never actually made it to the cartoon. He's one of a handful of characters that never made it to the cartoon during its air run. And this guy was the guy in charge of the uh, the flag. Uh, basically, he got replaced with Admiral Ledger for the cartoon. Which, okay. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. So, with that... So, after we, you know, we take out our version 2 characters who will get ranked with their respective years, are kind of barely appeared or not appeared guys, we are left with 10, which gives us a great, great even top list today. But I think before we get into the into that top 10 list, I think we're going to take a quick commercial break. So, uh... We'll be back in just a moment, folks. No more excuses for spots. Spots? I'll bet Harry unloaded the dishwasher. Maybe she didn't see the spots. Maybe. I used the energy cycle. No more excuses for spots with new improved Cascade. Under tough conditions like the energy cycle, other leading brands can leave spots. Cascade's advanced sheeting action leaves dishes virtually spotless. Let's start over with Cascade. Terrific. Everything looks wonderful. Even on the energy cycle, there's no excuse for spots with new improved Cascade. Zest fully clean. Zest fully clean. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. New zest lathers you clean, then rinses your cleaner. Do I look clean to you? Surprise! I'm not fully clean unless I'm zestfully clean. Soap leaves a sticky film on you that won't rinse away. But zest rinses you fully clean. <laughs> zest fully clean. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. For the times when you got it all together, as well as when you meet the unexpected. Wendy's introduces a little celebration. Wendy's new crispy chicken nuggets. Gold and crispy outside, juicy tender white meat inside. Reward yourself. After all, there's nothing like a little celebration to set things right. Come celebrate new crispy chicken nuggets at Wendy's. Coming down, feels so good. Coming down, flashing on the fun. Good cool and clear on everyone. Seven up, feels so good. Good, good, good. Seven up. All right, and we are back. So we're gonna get into the top ten list here. So here are my top ten favorite characters from 1985. GI Joe. Coming at number 10 is Footloose. Oh, Footloose. This guy is a hippie. Like, tip, like portrayed as your typical hippie with the, uh, eh, that's like your deal, man. Like, super relaxed, chill. He gave off a weird hippie vibe. Like, you can tell this is the guy that, after his time in the army... He grows out a massive ponytail 
and smokes a lot of weed. Um, honestly, not a lot of memorable appearances. Uh, I know there's an episode where, like, he winds up in, like, a a foreign country with Dusty, and they're having to, like, protect this Arabian prince, and then they fight over the princess, and it was a weird episode. And that's Footloose's standout episode. So, yeah. Not a lot going for him. Um, his voice actor, Will Ryan, not a lot of 80s credits that I'm finding. Probably the most notable that came up was his appearance in uh, the Teddy Ruxpin cartoon as the sidekick. Oh, why do I forget this guy's name? Yeah, well... Got a really weird. Um, yeah, as Grubby. Oh, oh, that thing. Oh, that thing freaked me out as a kid. That weird Grubby character. Thanks, Wikipedia, for reminding me of that. So, yeah. Unfortunately, Footloose, not a lot of memorable things. Um, the action figure is pretty cool. Like, probably one of the really good military-looking figures from the early line. So, great figure. Just not a lot of presence in the cartoon. Not a lot stands out. So, unfortunately, he's going to rank pretty low on this list here. Alright, so coming at number nine is Barbecue, the team's firefighter. Uh, of course, we know he has a very unique gear. He's got that orange jumpsuit with the gray gear. Um, he's another one that surprisingly did not get a lot of screen time. Wasn't featured prominently in the series. Um, probably his standout episode is going to be The Viper is Coming. Of course, in that episode, you know, it's just this weird, wacky chase scene. They the Joes end up capturing all these weird Cobra bases that they keep getting these tips on. And they're like, oh, are these coordinates or what are these coordinates? What is this guy dreaming? And then the Viper shows up and it's just this guy with a heavy accent who's uh, the window wiper for the firehouse. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a ridiculous episode and uh, we'll get to that one day here. Although, probably the most notable fact about Barbecue here is that he's voiced by Lauren Lester. And now, that name may not mean a lot to 80s cartoon kids. But if you're a 90s cartoons kid, you know that Lauren Lester is the voice actor of Robin on the Batman animated series. Of course, the original Dick Grayson Robin goes on to be Nightwing. Um, he played Dick Grayson through that series. Uh, came back a couple years ago for the Batman Harley Quinn movie, which was absolutely ridiculous. It it was super funny. I enjoyed it a lot. But yeah, Barbecue, once again, he's kind of ranking low here because 
Uh, sometimes he's a little forgettable. Uh, next up on the list is Airtight. Who got a decent amount of screen time, surprisingly, in the first season. Uh, of course, Airtight is an environmental specialist. He goes into hazardous situations. And that is played up in his notable episode where he gets to shine the most and the germ. Richie I. Joe fights a giant blob virus thing that is just destroying things because, you know, Cobra has to do genetic experimentation. Now, one of the things I, I found out here is that Airtight is voiced by Pat Fraley. And, of course, y'all know Pat Fraley... He is the voice of Krang on uh, Ninja Turtles. And he's got some other. Um, also, vo I mean, in G.I. Joe alone, he also voices Ace, Wild Weasel, and some various appearances as ver Cobra Troopers. Um, yeah, Krang, Baxter Stockman also on Ninja Turtles. This guy shows up a lot. Pat Fraley shows up a lot. Like, this guy. He appears all over the place. Um, oh, he's also Marshall Bravestar on Bravestar. So, this guy is super prolific in the voice acting realm. I know we've mentioned this guy so many times on this show. He just keeps appearing. So yeah, even in G.I. Joe, he appears so many multiple times. But it's cool to uh, see these guys get a lot of work. Um, but no, The Germ was a great episode. It was fun. It was a good little shining moment for Airtight. And a character that just gets kind of lost. Although, honestly, great missed opportunity to have... He... Airtight should have been... He should have had a version 2 in the Eco Warriors line. Honestly, they probably could have taken the character Clean Sweep. And just called that Airtight version 2. Probably would have made a lot more sense. But no, that's probably one of the weirdest things. It's like, wow, Eco Warriors. Because you brought Flint into the Eco Warriors as their leader. Okay, fine, I get it. You got to have a, you know, a, a G.I. Joe with command level ability to lead the sub team. Fine. But yeah, I couldn't have pulled Airtight in with him. Man. Missed opportunity there. Uh, so coming up at number seven on our list, and we actually just mentioned him, the man who would become the leader of the Eco Warriors, Flint. Flint, of course, is a member of the G.I. Joe command staff. Uh, I mean, at least Flint has staying power in the series, kind of his role as a high-ranking G.I. Joe, a field leader, but... Flint is also a dick. Flint has a lot of jealous moments on the show. 
um, especially when it comes to Lady J. Who, wow. Yeah. I mean, I like Flint more than Duke. When it comes to the G.I. Joe command structure, I like it more than Duke. Actually, I think I like it more than Hawk, too, but Hawk's just kind of boring in most respects. Uh, But yeah, Flint. Great figure, though. Um, Surprise. Definitely one of the ones that has the most departure from the uh, toy to TV screen appearance. Especially in the fact that the toy has a black beret and a black shirt. Whereas the animation model is all green. Granted, it probably had to do with the animation technology of the time. Because obviously we know that Snake Eyes has like a navy or purple bodysuit depending on how he's animated. Um... But yeah, that's probably why Flint had the uh, modern green, you know, the the army green outfit. But yeah, Flint, of course, uh, voiced by Bill Ratner and probably of the G.I. Joe characters. Ratner probably lends his voice to his character the most. Um, There's been Flint appearances in uh, Robot Chicken, Family Guy. Uh, the community G.I. Joe spoof G.I. Jeff. He voices Flint in that episode. So, Bill Ratner seem, is kind of up to make jokes about Flint. So, hey, pretty cool. Um, can't say anything about the bad about the guy himself, but, uh, Flint. I I really have trouble watching Flint episodes because... I'm not the biggest fan of this guy. But, uh, so moving on to number six on our list is a Joe that I am more of a fan of. Honestly, this guy is probably one of the under, probably one of the most underrated of the season. And that's Dusty. Oh, so Dusty, uh, the desert trooper of G.I. Joe. Great character. Wish he would have been used a lot more. Now, his feature episode is fantastic. His feature episode actually is a two-parter, and it's the traitor. Uh, It's the one where, you know, Cobra steals the formula for an armor technology, basically this spray-on armor, and it's revealed that throughout through a means of various plots and deceptions, Dusty, quote-unquote, betrays G.I. Joe and turns to Cobra. Basically, he's under a mission from Duke to find information about, you know, what Cobra knows about the armor technology, um, trying to exploit a weakness in it. And, unfortunately, Duke gets hurt. And, uh, because for some reason, Duke has to get captured or hurt. But because Duke's in a coma, wow, Duke in a coma, who would have guessed it? So he's not able to, to you know, to rein things in and go, hey, hey, um, hey, there, there's a plan in foot. We just needed it to go this far. So obviously they, you know, the Joes believe Dusty is a traitor. He gets court-martialed, sentenced to prison. 
Cobra rescues him. Shenanigans ensue. You know, okay, Dusty's not actually a traitor. But fantastic episode. And the Dusty figure is a great figure, too. Top-notch G.I. Joe figure. Like I said, 85 is just an absolute year of awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, Dusty, of course, is voiced by Neil Ross, who is also Buzzer, Heavy Metal, Monkey Wrench, Thunder, and good old Shipwreck. If you know me, if you've listened to this show, you know we're getting to Shipwreck later. And if you know me, you can probably guess what spot on this little shipwreck is in, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But, so we're at the back half of the, so that's the back half of the list. Dusty, great character, completely underutilized. Definitely should have had some more exposure, more prominence. But still, still love the guy anyway. But that brings us to the through the end of the first half of the list. So of course we've got the top five here and of coming up, but gonna make you wait just a little bit longer, folks. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick commercial break and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Joan London. It's been a year since the Live Aid concerts. Monday we'll hear what's happened in Africa since that event. Robin Williams has a new movie out. We'll hear about it. And Bette Midler, mother-to-be, tells about Bette Midler, future parent, Monday on Good Morning America. We now continue with our program. Disney Summer Classics will continue after these messages. Kibbles and bits and bits and bits. I long for the kibbles. I long for my bits, for my kibbles and bits and bits and bits. I long and I long for my kibbles and bits and bits and bits. Kibbles and bits and bits and bits. More crunchy bits, more chewy bits, more different kinds of bits than any leading dry dog food. Oh, how I long for more kibbles and bits and bits and bits. So long. Ooh, uh, so long. When I was a kid, I loved to wear bandages just to get attention. But now, I wear new Band-Aid brand clear, so people notice me, not my bandage. New Band-Aid brand clear, only from Johnson & Johnson. Clearly the best-looking bandage ever. All right, and we are back. <clears throat> uh, so we're going into the top half of the list here. So coming in at number five on our list is Quick Kick. G.I. Joe martial arts expert. Uh, so he's one where surprisingly doesn't get a lot of focus really outside of the first season. He's kind of feet moved away fairly quick. But that's okay. He gets... He still... What he does still provides... A lot of, uh, you know, he's very, you know, very memorable, uh, quick kick with his, uh, one-liner quips, his movie quotes, this is weird, funny man personality is, 
has an entertainment background. March, he's a martial arts stuntsman. And a lot of that comes into play in his featured episode, Lasers in the Night. Yeah, that's the one where he's like teaching this night class at a college and he meets this girl, Amber, I think that's her name. And so she tries to help G.I. Joe and then they think she's like funneling secrets to Cobra, but she's not. She just wanted to impress Quick Kick and of course shenanigans ensues and yeah, but overall... It's a very fun episode. Quick Kick's a fun character. But there's always been very, um, so many questions about him. Like, he doesn't wear shoes. The figure doesn't have shoes. He's not animated with shoes or boots. How are you going to be in the army and, like, not wear footwear? Or a shirt, for that matter. Literally, the only thing Quick Kick's wearing is, like, pants and a sash with, like, ninja stars on it. So, I've already got plenty of questions here. But, even then, the figure is great. Uh, so, Quick Kick is voiced by actor Francois Chow. Um, just kind of looking here. It looks like he's kind of done some various things here. But nothing's really jumping out at me. This might actually be his most prominent role. Is even just looking through here, don't see a lot of recurring. This is mostly like a lot of episodic stuff. So Quick Kick might be one of his most prominent roles. Um, but yeah, he's done a lot of live action stuff. So yeah. Although he is listed in a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, oh, he is actually listed in a uh, Secret of the Ooze Ninja Turtles two as the Shredder. Um, so yeah, that's an all right. So there's another prominent role for him. Yep. So he was the main. So he was the main Shredder, and then of course uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Kevin Nash provided the body of the Super Shredder. That's a fun 90s movie romp there. Um, But yeah, Quick Kick, your weird personality, your quirky traits, earned you number five spot on this list. Now, our number four pick on this list is a character who actually gets very commonly associated with Quick Kick. Because in the first season of G.I. Joe, we have a trio of characters quick kick um and he often gets paired up with the gi joe comedic duo um which actually take up i'm just gonna spoil it right now actually take this the dynamic duo here is number spots number four bazooka and spot number three alpine in my list and these are both characters that unfortunately wow really not barely had any exposure in season two at all so we're gonna start with bazooka he's a a midwest boy you know uh kind of you know midwest football 
big tall boy, goes in the army, and boom. So he does that. He's a tank. He's a bazooka specialist. And of course, he's got. He's not your smartest character on the show. Oh no. He most definitely not. But Bazooka got big personality. And it's really a shame that these guys um, really didn't get a lot of screen time once they moved in the new characters. Like, actually, I don't think... No, I know Alpine has a few speaking lines in season two, but Bazooka has none. And it's like, oh, and then he just gets like randomly brought back for a handful of lines in the movie when he literally had no speaking lines in season two at all which is surprising so bazooka is voiced by actor john hostetter um just kind of looking here but looks like probably one of his most recognizable roles outside of gi joe is on the on the sitcom murphy brown uh he was actually the stage manager for the uh news channel he played the character John. So had some decent real um looks like he's had a number of live action roles and appearances. Uh, I'm just kind of looking through the internet here. Wow, looks like he had roles even as late as Star Trek Insurrection. Um so yeah, and unfortunately looks like uh actually he did uh Unfortunately, he did pass away a couple of years ago, looks like. Um, so, John, great. So, great job with Bazooka. And, like I said, Bazooka's got a personality. Always funny. Just, whatever reason, the whole combination of Alpine, Bazooka, Quick Kick was always gold. Now, that brings us to our number three pick, Alpine. Another character that was just insanely funny. Uh, and, and yes, can we talk about Alpine? So, see, here's the thing. Alpine, your, your code name. Yes. Alpine is the code name of Albert M. Pine. I'm not even making this up. Alpine's name is literally, his real name is actually Alpine. I'm just going to let that sink in, folks. Like, this has got to be one of the weirdest meta jokes ever. But yeah, he's the G.I. Joe's Mountain Trooper. Wait, hold on. Secondary MOS. Finance Clerk. So, when Alpine's not climbing mountains, he's calculating expenses and spreadsheets for G.I. Joe. He's the money man. But, yeah, no, Alpine, always funny. Oh, I remember the the one line about them trying to buy something for a disguise and or something, like, 
Cobra's just asking for like an insane amount of money. They're like, oh, where are we going to get this money? Alpine's like, oh, don't worry. I'll just put on my G.I. Joe credit card. Never leave home without it. Uh, but yeah. So Alpine is voiced by Lee Weaver. Um, who's had a number, looks like he's had a number of appearances here. Some real life appearances here. Uh, appearing on this series, Easy Street as Ricardo. Uh, actually appears in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? as the Blind Seer. And he's got some other appearances here. Uh, NYPD Blue, Hill Street Blues. Uh, looks like some appearances on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um... Bayonel. Alpine just a funny character and honestly has a great toy. The Alpine figure is absolutely fantastic. And that's one I like to see more of. Um I think I've seen pictures of maybe like one person ever cosplaying Alpine. I would definitely like to see some more. That would be a very interesting one and Definitely some deta great detail in the costume that could be pulled out. So that's another one there. So coming at number two on our list is Lady J. One of the few G.I. Joe, uh, one of the few female members of G.I. Joe. Um, I mean, so on the good guy side, she's the third one released. And then the next one wouldn't come out a couple, until a few years later with Jinx and then... I think that's it for the classic line. Well, actually, oh, actually, you had the Ninja Force Scarlet. And then, yeah, I don't think there's anything else until the modern, the modern lines. Like, you know, nothing until, like, Valor versus Venom, at least. I think that's when Bomb Strike was introduced. Um, but, yeah, Lady J, the... Uh, so with her military special, with her, uh, mil with her abilities and her, her spears and javelins, um, great character. Uh, that is one of the action figures I still need to find is hers, but overall she's always had a great presence. Um, I don't know. I feel like she gets overshadowed a lot by Scarlet, but really when it comes to the the female characters, I tend to prefer Lady J. For some reason, she's just more memorable to me. I think a lot of her episodes are better. Granted, a lot of times she is having to work with Flint. So there's a give and take there. So a lot of the stuff Lady J is given is decent, but still... Uh, the, the relationship with Flint, the jealousy, it's a pain in the butt. But overall, Lady J, of course, uh, voiced by uh, Mary McDonald Lewis. And for some reason. So let me just take a look here. Hmm. Interesting. Why do we not have a... Alright, Wikipedia, why do we not have a wik entry here for her? So, 
So yeah. Uh, okay. So even going like so, just even looking up on IMDb, this is kind of her main role. Okay, actress credits. Um. Yeah, so it looks like she's had some recent work. She's been on uh, Archer, voicing the character of Veronica Dean. Oh, that's interesting. So in the community episode G.I. Jeff, she provided the voice of Scarlet. Okay. Um... But yeah, it looks like a lot of her voice roles are additional characters, background characters. So yeah, it looks like Lady J is kind of her main prominent role here. But that's fine. She did absolutely fantastic, though. So... <coughs> but yeah, absolutely memorable character. Lady J, one of the, one of the all-time greats of G.I. Joe. So, of course, we're at number one on this list. And, of course, if you haven't guessed by now, there is one, one character that, if you know me, you already knew he was topping the list. And that is, of course, Shipwreck. Wisecracking... More serious than people really think. Because why not? And I really don't understand why where Shipwreck became this comedy character. Because like honestly, like the the first half of season one, fairly serious character with like a bit of a comedic side. But then I really think the, um, oh, what's the episode? Lights, Camera, Cobra? That's probably where things went in the direction of, why is this character so silly? And season two didn't help. Uh, Once Upon a Joe, uh, the worst thing in the world. Yeah. That is... Those are probably like the two episodes that really try to make Shipwreck look like a joke. But then you have episodes like Memories of Mara. And of course, there's no place like Springfield where the man has undergone just absolute psychological torture. Yeah. And then... Uh, even some of the stuff in the second season is still very comedic. Uh, Sink the Montana. He's dressed as a pirate for most of the episode. So, listen. Shipwreck is a E7. He's a high-ranking naval enlisted man. He knows what he's doing. He's part of an anti-terrorist organization man should be as much of a joke as uh, people make him out to be. But the attitude, the one-liners, Shipwreck is absolutely entertaining. He's amazing. Great action figure. Um, 
eventually I need to watch a, a Jack Nicholson movie called The Last Detail. Because uh, from what I understand, a, uh, the voice directors kind of gave Neil Ross a bit of a direction leaning towards that. Um, so this is the uh, Jack Nicholson movie. It's a Jack Nicholson movie. So, and that's the character that plays him is apparently what they kind of gave the direction for Shipwreck to be. So, I need to watch this movie. I really do. I think I may have downloaded this at one point. So, it might be in my archive somewhere. Uh, but otherwise, I'll, I'll need to see if I can find this movie. Because this is definitely interesting to see where the uh, where the um, where the inspiration came from. Uh, of course, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the dusty part of this list, voiced by Neil Ross, absolutely fantastic. And Neil Ross is one of those guys I want to meet. Because um, Neil Ross actually does photo ops at conventions, dressed as shipwreck. So that's on my list to get that photo op. Him dressed as shipwreck, me dressed as shipwreck. I want that photo op. But yeah, of course, shipwreck, I've said it numerous times. He's my favorite Joe of all time. So, of course, focusing on the year his figure was released, 1985. So... Of course, no other Joe's going to top this list. But yeah, that's been the uh, the top list of the, the G.I. Joe characters from 1985. I uh, hope you all enjoyed this episode. Of course, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Leave that like. Leave that review. Leave that five stars. All that good stuff. Follow us on social media, and we will see you next time. <laughs>